Hello and welcome back to Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we've got Ty Lee and Boaten Blake. Jameson has once again opted opted out. He is he's he is not in the building. So he he took his uh, cheese at bowl trip a little too early. So uh, as in did not go for the cheese at bowl and just went to Orlando anyways. Welcome back to the weekend spreads bowl previews. Um, we're a little bit early on this one because I have stuff going on tomorrow. So um, we're not going to be covering, obviously, the game tonight or the New Orleans Bowl. Those were in the previous show. So if you want previews for those, for those if you're just really wanting to see what happens when we think about the Western Kentucky game, uh, just check out the, the past podcast and scroll to the end. But um, guys, let's get let's uh, kind of get this thing started. But I want to kind of ask, what are what, what are our thoughts on the Bulls so far? Um, just taking a look at our, our pick so far. Everyone's doing pretty good. Shout to Z Singer and R Wilson leading our bowl pick'em right now uh, at a pretty damn good eight and three against the spread. Ninety-eight point five percent of the country, they're they're on par with them, so that's that's pretty good. And then, uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's, I'm, I'm doing pretty all right, sitting at seven and four myself. But um, Blake, what what are your thoughts on bowls so far? Yeah, a little frustrated with my picks. I was looking back at my records, and I, for some reason, I chose on the pod BYU, and I chose uh, Eastern Michigan. And some, for some reason, I selected when I was rushing through it before the games were locking. I put the two opposite teams. Both were losers. So I got to make sure I log the picks as I go tonight. But the games themselves have honestly been pretty good, uh, besides a few blowouts here and there. Uh, I think the Cure Bowl, the one that we highlighted, is probably one of the best games of the bowl season really showed out delivered a great solid game uh and then also if we're looking at uh the celebration bowl the hbcu national championship although uh jackson state uh was not able to cover and lost that game it was a fantastic one to watch it was a incredible watch one that was probably the best bowl game so far and although i did not cover that spread i'm happy that game was that entertaining Oh, it was a great game, but I gotta say, we were all over Dion blowing that one. Like to to be favored by sixty and a half and lose straight up is uh, pretty pretty bad. And uh, second straight year in a row worked pretty good. Ty, what have you thought of the bowl so far? Yeah, I think it's been a I think it's been a good bowl season. I mean, the the two picks I was most confident about on the last podcast: uh, Oregon State over Florida, and then Jackson State fumbling it. Uh, like we talked about, obviously proved it to be correct. So I like how I'm doing. I think I'm six and five right now. But uh, yeah, my my favorite one so far has been that that Jackson State. It was just a great game. It was a really, really good game. But uh, it is kind of funny uh, that just the way that played out with with sort of, I think what Coach Prime was expecting from his from his players and, and everything else. Not that the players didn't give effort, but I, I don't know how anyone could have expected that one to go any other way with his postseason record. And at least going to Colorado, he's not going to have to worry about postseason games. So he's got <laughs> that going for him. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a good one. That's probably my favorite bowl game so far. Yeah, it, it, it was a really good one for sure. And, you know, I yeah, great game. Like throw the spreads out. Just an awesome, awesome battle between two teams. Um, yeah, so far I like the bulls. I feel like we've been pretty spot on with a couple of these, a uh, couple, couple tough messes here with uh, Boise state. You know, I, I thought they'd beat, you know, uh, North, uh, North Texas a little bit more than they did. Our boys, the Yukon Huskies, not good 
at all. UConn is horrible. Uh, we we misplaced our faith in, in Sad Husky, I would say. But anyways. Yeah, I can't believe we forgot they're playing a team that beat Notre Dame this year. That was just, <laughs> looking back, that was like a, I think that was a sort of a groupthink situation going on on the podcast. It's just once the ball got rolling and we decided we were going to be on the UConn train. And maybe like we talked about a lot this season with Kansas, that whole, they seem a whole lot better because your expectations for them are just the absolute rock bottom. Maybe that got us too, but yeah, that UConn also burned me there. Probably. Yeah. They, it probably was a expectation thing and, you know, we were just cheering for a result rather than picking what we thought would happen. But anyways, uh, all right, Blake, Let's get these picks on the road here, and we're going to start out with uh, a bowl game being held in the home of the Frogs, Amaji Carter Stadium, hosting the Armed Forces Bowl. It's the Air Force Falcons playing the Baylor Bears, favored by five and a half, playing a bowl game in freezing temperatures at your rival's home site. That's as bad as it gets, right? It is, and this game's going to be just absolutely miserable. I know the feels-like temperature is going to be in the negatives by kickoff. It's just going to be brutal. The weather's not going to be great. And when you see your rival going to play in the college football playoff while you're stuck playing a a, a good Air Force squad, but a meaningless bowl game on a weekday night at your rival stadium, that one hurts. That that hurts bad. That's a hard one to come back from, and I, for that reason, I'm all over Air Force. I think Air Force this year has shown that although they've had some tough misses, like I came on the podcast earlier this year saying, I think they're going to win the Mountain West. They struggled with a few teams in the Mountain West, but really the good thing was they closed the season hard. I believe the last four uh four games they won and covered the spread of those games this team is hot and i like their i like their style of option that they use i know we've mentioned before they can throw it a little bit better not saying they're gonna throw it but they have i think a little bit more dynamic throwing attack compared to navy or army that we saw uh two weekends ago so i'm gonna take air force i think they're a solid solid team a hard team to stop for a baylor team that's probably a little disappointed that they're six and six yeah i'm also going with air force plus five and a half here i feel like service academies usually get it done in these bowls um especially against kind of better talent like a Baylor. I feel like uh, Navy beat Kansas State a couple years ago. Uh, we saw Army like pretty much throttle a Houston uh, team in the same bowl game a couple years ago as well. Um, and it's it's because of two things. I, I I don't think people really try that hard to implement an, a triple option defense in bowls. And not only that, but motivation. I, I, feel like, I feel like the service academies get up for these a lot more than... Um, you know, vice versa. So I think Air Force is going to come out firing here. And look again, temperature-wise, Air Force is used to playing in the cold. You know, they're up, they're up in uh, in Colorado Springs. This is not this this is it. This is not that bad for them, and they don't even have to deal with the altitude. So give me the Falcons plus five and a half here. Ty, your thoughts? Yeah, I think you guys have hit on everything that I was going to say. I will be taking uh, the Air Force Academy plus five and a half here. I don't necessarily think that they win, but I think that they have that offensive ability and then the other stuff going for them uh, that's going to keep it close. Offensive ability being they are going to win time of possession, hands down, uh, no matter how it goes. And they are used to an offense, I think, that best suits itself for the weather conditions, like we've been talking about. 
everyone knows, you know, the first thing that goes when you are outside in the cold is your hand dexterity and taking away the ability of a quarterback to pass and receivers to receive or degrading that ability uh, will significantly less impact the Air Force Academy than it will Baylor. So I, I really think Air Force has a lot going for them. And that's before you factor in, again, these are big, big deal. They're big deal games for everyone that plays in them. You know, for, for a lot of guys on both sides, this will be the last time they play football uh, ever. So it's it's an important game for everyone, certainly, but it's a big, big deal for these service academies. And I think that uh, I think Air Force keeps it close at a minimum in the in this one, but I would have Baylor on upset alert for sure here. Yeah, definitely. I I think it's going to be a a pretty fun one. I'm going to be tuning in for sure. So let's move on to our next game, the Independence Bowl from beautiful Shreveport, Louisiana. Once uh, the bowl that was once named after a weed eating company, uh, which is pretty great. So it's the Louisiana Raging Cajuns uh, playing kind of host not really, to the University of Houston Cougars, who are favored by two and a half. Ty, do you think Houston gets a bowl win as they enter the Big 12 here? I like Houston in this one. It's So it's been well established so far that I've just decided I'm going to pick off of branding when it comes to this bowl season. And the Raging Cajuns branding, I've said it before on a podcast long, long ago, it's like a brand of chips, it does not look like a university branding. Like there, there are certain design language cues. When I see Raging Cajuns, if I don't know what it is, if I see that logo, I think that's either a, a fast food chain local to Louisiana somewhere, or it's like a, some off-brand like gas station Lay's copy. I don't see a college football team. So give me the Houston Cougars because that sounds like a college football team, even though they're a commuter school they're really just the Cincinnati of the South, which is also a commuter school, I believe. I don't really know because I don't care because they're both irrelevant. <laughs> Give me the Houston Cougars in this one. Uh, minus two and a half. UCF, also a commuter school, I might add. Uh, the only non-commuter school the Big 12 adding is BYU. And I guess technically that is a commuter school for all the Mormons to con- like congregate at, but not really. Um, anyways, that joke sucked. I, You know what also sucks, though? Louisiana this year. I I know obviously in the past couple of years they've been hot because of Billy Napier, you know, what he built there, but they're just not the same team they used to be. I think Houston here is going to get the two and a half point cover and uh get the win. Like I think Louisiana, honestly, they had a pretty decent season, losing kind of the once-in-a-generation coach at a G5 school that really didn't have much success before him. Uh, they honestly, 6-6 six and six is something they can hang their hat on in the first season of a new head coach. And you know who's been disappointing this year? Houston. Like, we were talking about them on this pod going into it to win the American. An American that I don't think were as super good this year. Like, I know Tulane was able to uh, pull through and honestly was the best squad of the Cincy UCF kind of that handful to your handful but like the American was bad this year Houston didn't do anything and if you just look at their final four or five games they only they failed to cover four of the final five games and their defense could not stop anything which worries me that Houston just can't pull away from teams I'm gonna take the Raging Cajuns in this one I think although Houston has a great offense they can't stop anybody. I think the Raging Cajuns keep it close. 
and I just feel like I've been burned by Houston in the past. Like, usually I see these short lines, and the preseason Houston expectations come into my head. I'm like, two and a half? That's easy. Like, this Houston team has NFL talent on it, but yet... Dana Holgerson sucks in bowl games. He's 2-7 and seven against the spread. I just can't trust this Houston team, so give me the Raging Cajuns. That's fair. That's fair. Moving on to our next one. It's a Gasparilla Bowl in St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, in Tampa Bay. Or wait, no, I guess it's technically in Tampa Bay now. It's not in, it's not in uh, um, that crappy uh, baseball stadium anymore. Uh, used to be the bad boy mowers uh, Gasparilla Bowl. Now it's named after something I, I couldn't even tell you. But it's Wake Forest uh, playing against the um, the Missouri Tigers. Bit of a weird matchup here. A uh, bit of a funky game. But Wake favored by one and a half. Blake, I'll take you away on this one. Or, or you take this. this. What am I trying to say? I can't speak today. Blake, you take it away on this one. Who do you like in the game and why? This is just a gross matchup. It's two schools that I don't particularly like. Uh, just just kind of, I don't know. It's something about their branding. Uh, maybe it's the Ty Purdue, Vanderbilt, Wake Forest kind of tri triangle. Mizzou just kind of being the worst school in America. I don't know. I just get bad vibes from this game. I'm gonna go Missouri. I hate it. I hate that I have to uh, back Missouri in this, but Wake Forest just limped, limped at the uh, end of the season where we thought they were gonna contend maybe for an ACC title. They've done absolutely nothing this year. Uh, they only won uh, one of their final, one of their, ugh. They won and covered just one of their last five games in a horrible ACC. The ACC, uh, once now we're dealing with Power 5 schools, is a conference I'm going to be fading the hell out of just because they are not a good conference. I think Missouri is just a very, very average SEC team, but a very average SEC team I think could have won the ACC this year. So give me the Mizzou Tigers. I'm with Missouri as well here. Um, I think this is actually a pretty relatively evenly matched uh, game, but I, I don't know. I kind of think Missouri takes the edge here. If both of these teams aren't very good, uh, ultimately I I'm curious to see if Sam Hartman plays on this one or not. Um, if he's, if he's going to hit the portal, if he's going to opt out, I, I don't really know, but frankly, after what we've seen from the back half of the demon Deacon schedule, I'm just not feeling it. Give me Missouri plus one and a half. This game's a gross toss up. Don't bet it. Ty. Yeah, Missouri was a team, as we all know, in the SEC. They were added to the SEC uh, because obviously you need some fodder for the good teams to beat up on. That is Missouri's role. Uh, I don't like Missouri. No one likes Missouri. The university, uh, the state has some food stuff going for it. That's that's to be sure. Wake Forest, uh, I don't know where it is. I assume it is in a forest, uh, just using context clues with the name uh, Wake would also lead me to believe that there is some sort of, I guess, lake nearby somewhere where wakes could be. Uh, I'm not thinking coastline because you usually don't have wakes on a, on a, you know, a coastal area where you have surf. So I'll take the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, uh, kind of an oxymoronic name, but I like them more than the Missouri Tigers. There's no Tigers in Missouri. Uh, I know that. So give me Wake Forest minus one and a half in this one. All right, moving on to our next game. It's the Hawaii Bowl uh, on, well, I guess it's not. Is this one on Christmas Eve? Are they still doing that with with uh, the NFL on? 
I don't know. Regardless, it's the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders uh, facing off against Blake's favorite team in the entire country, the San Diego State Aztecs, who are favored by one and a half. This one basically being played at uh, the, you know, what what is essentially a glorified high school stadium. Doesn't matter. Ty, kick us off here. Who do you like? Yeah, the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. I do not know what Easy Post does but if they want to also sponsor this podcast we would love that i would be taking the san diego state aztecs minus one and a half in here i'm not saying this to get blake riled up i just do not know obviously there's some context clues into where middle tennessee is located i don't know anything about middle tennessee state so i'm gonna assume that they haven't really played that many people so i like the aztecs in this one and a little bit less of a travel factor for them as well. I would presume that maybe the middle Tennessee state players might be, might be feeling a little wild getting out there on, on the islands out from, you know, wherever in Tennessee they are. Whereas at least the San Diego state players are used to being in a sort of a similar environment in San Diego. So hopefully they are not going to go crazy with all the, the wildness of being out in Hawaii. Obviously it's going to be different for everyone, but I like San Diego state in this one. Yeah, this one's a really weird one because Middle Middle Tennessee flat out has been one of the strangest teams in college football. They go in, beat Miami, which look, Miami is, was not good this year, but beating them on the road, that that's a huge feat for a team like Middle Tennessee State. But then they go on the road or they just go the rest of the way and get blown out by a couple teams. You know, like I'm talking 40 to 10 to uh, James Madison, who granted was very good. Um it, it, they're, they're inconsistent as hell. And because of that, I'm going to go with San, uh, San Diego State. I just kind of feel like they've been a more a better model of consistency. And like Ty kind of said, I don't think they're going to be distracted as much by Hawaii because you know they, they live in San Diego, which is a beautiful, beautiful place. And I think, uh, I think that, weirdly enough, gives them a bit of an edge. So give me the more consistent team, the San Diego State Aztecs. Like... Yeah, the only consistency about San Diego State is that they're consistently boring to watch and nobody wants to go to their games. And honestly, I'm happy for them because there's probably going to be more fans at this Hawaii Stadium watching this bowl game than come to watch a San Diego State home game at Qualcomm whenever they're basically giving out tickets to everybody on the street begging people to come to their games. Uh, That is just embarrassing, especially for one of the only Mountain West schools that is in a major market, can't even pull fans. But I think this one's relative easy uh it's it's middle tennessee state it was always middle tennessee state uh that win versus miami big juice big juice that's all i'm looking at that that's the only time i watched this team this year and they had some high flying offense that's something you can't say about san diego state the team that can't separate from anybody the team that you will fall asleep while watching their games just because they run the ball it's not even like an interesting run the option is interesting they're just a boring team with a bad head coach and yeah uh that's probably it is on uh christmas eve to stash this one away because nobody wants to watch it and I agree with them. So uh, maybe enjoy some consumerist content instead of watching this snore fest, but give me Middle <laughs> Tennessee State. I love it. I love it. Let's move on to our next game, the Quick Lane Bowl, featuring the New Mexico State Aggies, who miraculously have made a bowl, uh, facing off against the Bowling Green, I guess they're the Falcons. But uh, Blake, kick us off here. What a shocker for the Aggies to make a bowl. Uh, had to get a waiver granted to get in. Um which is pretty wild, but uh, I don't know. Who do you think comes out on top here? 
Uh, I'm gonna do it again. I did it with UConn, and I'm gonna do it with New Mexico State. Go with that perennially bad team to hopefully have some magic. This team has honestly... Uh, they are... Like, New Mexico State is not good. I don't think Bully Green is really that good either. Like, I'm honestly surprised when I saw this matchup, because usually I feel like Bowling Green is, like, has four, maybe five wins at most each season. But, hey, New Mexico State, Jerry Kill, uh, former TCU interim head coach, uh, taking up that job and honestly taking them to new heights. So, uh, the waiver, yes, although they got a waiver, uh, they did win their final game of the year to get them to 6-6 six and six, uh, versus Valpo. Uh, 65 to 3. Valpo hadn't played in like three months, but they did it. <laughs> I, I, this is going to be revenge for UConn and just backing a historically horrible team, but I'm going to take the Aggies. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going with the Aggies as well. I feel like it means a lot to them. I don't know if it means anything to Bowling Green because I haven't really cared about them much, but, um, no, I think New Mexico State goes in and gets a win. This one's a toss up. It's, it, from the board, very gross. Uh, it's in Detroit. It's in a dome. It's going to be gray. It's going to be sloppy. But I don't know. I, I like the Aggies to pull this one out. It's a, it's a, it's a number, another one of those gross coin toss games that you don't really want to pick. Uh, but we got to do it anyways. Ty? Yeah, this one, again, I'm picking off branding. And what do I see? I see some blue. This is a clue that will be revealed later. I see some blue branding here. And then I look at the two teams. Bowling Green, Falcons, whatever. They look like a generic Disney Channel original movie college that someone would go to. And then I look at New Mexico State, and I look at their little their little guy, and some would assume that he's wearing a cowboy hat, but what I see is a fedora. And then I see New Mexico, and what do I see? There's only one thing to be said. Jesse, we need to cover. So I like the Breaking Bad New Mexico State Cooking some blue. I don't have no idea what the significance of the blue is here, but uh, give me the Walter White logo, New Mexico State. Jesse, we need to cover. So I will be taking <laughs> New Mexico State. I love it. By the way, the blue, the blue and silver is a Lions reference because you know that's that's stadium they're playing in. I didn't know what to do with Detroit, uh, but I love it. Yeah, New Mexico State's logo. By the way, uh, they they had to. They had to legally change it because they used to just have a ripoff version of Pistol Pete, and uh, the Cowboys did not appreciate that. So uh, they they made them switch to this weird version of Pistol Pete. So, anyways, let's and, move on to our next. What's up? Oh, I was like, they're not. New Mexico State is not the only team with a Pistol Pete. Uh, Wyoming also has a, a Pistol Pete logo, which is wild that everybody had the same logo of this random cowboy. <laughs> Yep, same random cowboy. Like he has a whole backstory, I guess. He's actually a he was actually a real person. I don't know. That's a whole story I that we do not need to delve into for now. But let's move on to our next game. It's the Georgia Southern Eagles versus the Buffalo Bulls in the Camellia Bowl. One of the million, one of the million bowl games just randomly shoved into the state of Alabama for no reason. Um, screwed up the line here, screwed up the uh, graphic here. Ignore the minus seven X to Buffalo because Georgia Southern is favored by four and a half here. Uh, Ty, kick us off. Yeah, so this one was really interesting to me. Uh, it's the Camilla Bowl. I did not know that the uh, current queen consort of England was sponsoring a bowl, but uh, thank you to Camilla, I guess. Um, Diana's probably not happy that she doesn't get one, but that's a different story, I suppose. 
Uh, I will be taking Georgia Southern minus four and a half in this one. I just feel like the Buffalo Bulls is, it just doesn't, it, it, it sounds wrong, right? Because your brain wants to say the Buffalo Bills uh, where that quarterback who played at like Utah or whatever is now. Uh, but I like Georgia Southern in this one. So I will be taking Georgia Southern minus four and a half in the bowl that I guess Diana does not get the sponsor uh, because it's Camillus. I also like Georgia Southern in this game. Um, I feel like, I feel like the Sun Belt has kind of gone through a pretty good renaissance here where in a, in a couple of years, it's going to be challenging, um, challenging the American for the best uh, group of five. Um, and I think Georgia Southern has been a very, very solid team. Um, pretty sure they're the team that um, pretty sure they're the team that fired Scott Frost. So they have that going for them, which is nice. I like him to get the cover here. Uh, minus four and a half in the uh, RIP Princess Diana Bowl. Uh, Blake. Yep, I think I'm with y'all. I think it's Georgia Southern. Buffalo Bulls have struggled at the end of the season. They lost, they were on a three-game losing streak, and then they had the random game before championship week against Akron, one of the worst teams in the MAC. only beat them by one, keeping out my beloved, my beloved UNLV Rebels. We're building something in the desert, wait for next season, but left them out of the bowl season because they are a 5-7 and team with great academics, another team why trans, another reason why transfers should be going to the desert, but I digress. Uh, Buffalo Bulls, they don't have anybody. They Their top two running backs are out. They're, one of their tight ends have hit the portal. A wide receiver has hit the portal. They're, I think their second-string quarterback has hit the portal. They got nobody left. And uh, Georgia Southern, not losing anybody. A solid team. We saw them beat Nebraska. Once again, it's like kind of like Middleton C State. It's like beating Nebraska probably wasn't that impressive this year, but when it comes from this G5 ranks, beating any Power 5 team, especially when you have to go on the road, has some merit to, to it. So I'm going to take Georgia Southern. I just The Bulls have been limping. They've been limping to this game uh, and just don't really have as many people playing. They really just haven't been the same... Like, like they haven't been the same team since Leipold left him a couple years ago. Um, but, you know, that's just how it is. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. The easy payouts, the same game parlays, player props. You know how much I love my player props. All of them just so great. Easiest sportsbook to use by far. And it's getting even better. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. So check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sports app, place a same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more you legs you add, the bigger the boost and the bigger your shot to win big. Look, with rivalry week going on in college football, big Thanksgiving Day games, it is just the perfect time to dive into your favorite sporting event. I've been loving it. Hell, put a little bit on the World Cup. It's great. This is the best time to be betting. I am loving it. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. 
Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Now, back to the Schooner Pod. Moving on to our next game. It's the first responder bowl. Uh, Utah State and Memphis from Dallas, uh, Texas. Uh, the Gerald Ford Stadium. Blake's favorite stadium, I believe. Uh, he had a great time. Uh, gave us great reviews uh, for that for that game. Uh, Memphis favored by 10 and a half here. Blake, what do you think? Yeah, so I don't think I've, I watch a lot of college football. I have not seen a Memphis game this entire year. I know nothing about the squad. I've never intersected. I know they are a solid American team, but the Americans my least favorite conference to watch, and they are not one of the top tier teams nor one of the bottom. So they occupy a realm in which I do not enjoy watching football, which is bad G five conference with average team. Uh, I do know something about Utah State though. Um, they came in. I. I thought they were going to be great. Logan Bonner last year ripped it up. One, the Mountain West came back and honestly sucked. And I think got benched and they have not been able to do much all year long. They just kind of beat the teams that they were supposed to beat, but also lost to you uh, or they beat UConn, but kind of was the uh, first sign of life that, oh, maybe UConn could be good, but uh, haven't beat a team of quality. I think Memphis is probably just better. I, I, they're just better. I don't know much about them, but I just don't have much faith in Utah State after the performance this year. Yeah, j- just looking at Memphis's schedule this season, um, you know, they yeah, they are six and six, but they haven't really lost a ton of bad games. Uh, they've been they've been kind of close with you know some pretty solid teams. Um, just I mean, just thinking about it, like Tulane, they lost by 10. They lost in quadruple overtime to Eastern Carolina at one point, and they lost by three in their last outing at SMU in this exact same stadium. Uh, and I just don't think that's that's not that bad of a record. Uh, like Blake said, Utah State, not very good. Um, disappointing, you know, showing after they won their uh, or no, they, they, they won the Mountain West last year. Uh, so a little disappointing there. I like Memphis minus 10 and a half here. I think they uh, pull away, get a good win here, but you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Double digit spreads, a little uncomfy in uh, bowl games, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, Ty, who you like? Yeah, I'm going to go different from you guys. It sounds like I am taking Utah state in this one when I just did a little bit of a a skimming. So obviously branding is the primary factor. And I I just kind of like that the Utah state is just a little more clean. The Memphis one, uh, personally, just the way the tiger is rendered, uh, it, it leaves something to be desired, in my opinion. But uh, Utah State, when I sort of dove into it a little bit, obviously you can say whatever about Memphis's schedule. It, it looks like Memphis really hasn't found their legs, so to speak, with a, a main runner. Their leading rusher uh, currently only has like 400-something yards. Um, and I might be completely missing something here with – with injuries or, or something else, but they just really haven't found a, a solid run game. It seems just looking at their game stats even. So I kind of like Utah in this one just to keep it close. Even just, we know how, how uh, bowl games can be. And I am, I'm very biased towards the team that can run a little bit better or maybe has a higher potential to run. So I like Utah state in this one, go a little different than you guys. Cool. I think that's fair. Moving on to our next game. It's a Birmingham bowl. Uh, between uh, Teal Chickens, Coastal Carolina, and Eastern Carolina. It's a battle of the Carolinas. 
in Alabama. But uh, anyways, Ty, who do you like here? No surprise here. I love me my ECU Pirates. Here's what you need to know about this one and about this team. ECU has shown up big in every single big game that they have played so far. And I'm about to, I I guess I just got to, I thought I had it pulled up and I don't. So I'm going to continue to talk as I get this pulled up so I can tell you guys. But I just, the Pirates play big games. You can say that they're inconsistent. They've lost games that they should not have lost uh, for sure. And Coastal Carolina, I know on paper coming in at nine and three and then coming off a pretty good year um, in or a pretty good run in the past, I will say, I think a lot of people are going to be taking them. When I look at this ESPN, yeah, only 35% of people are siding with ECU. But ECU, you got to remember, went down to the wire against NC State. Uh, you know, NC State obviously turned out to be maybe not that impressive. They lost to a Navy, who was a tough team to beat. They lost pretty big to Tulane. But then they beat UCF. They beat BYU. They went right down to the wire with Cincinnati. ECU this year gets up for these big games. And I think they're going to have a ton of buy-in, a ton of of will to be there. And I really, really like the Pirates uh, to win big in this one. Yeah, count me in on ECU as well. And, you know, like you said, there is a lot of uh, percentage going towards Eastern, or sorry, Coastal Carolina. But here's the thing. Party's over, folks. Um, Jamie Chadwell, off to Liberty. Grayson McCall hitting the portal. It, they're not going to be the same Coastal Carolina team. I, I don't know if ever. Um, and I don't, I, I definitely don't think they have, uh, the mental fortitude to really kind of bounce back from that and get a win against an Eastern Carolina team that has been very, very good. Uh, as you've mentioned, you know, has shown up in big games, you know, they had that BYU win they've, they've been sort of, sort of crossing off, uh, you know, American expats who have left to, uh, you know, the big 10 or sorry, the big 12, uh, in short order. So obviously Coastal Carolina is not one of them, but they've been doing very well and they almost beat NC State earlier. So, uh, yeah, give me the Pirates here. Minus seven and a half. Party's over in Conway. Uh, Blake, who do you like? Yeah, I'm selling big on Coastal Carolina. Grayson McCall, I believe, will play in this game, even though he has entered the transfer portal and will leave Coastal Carolina. But yeah, without Jamie Chadwell, that's kind of the guy who made this program run. I don't even think Grayson McCall playing really matters that much. Like, we saw him come back and try to play in that Troy game uh, for the conference title, and just they were never in it. Uh, Troy handled them. And JMU, without... I. Don't know, he might have played JMU, but like JMU handled them. Coastal Carolina was kind of sliding at the end of the year. And ECU, honestly, if they wouldn't have lost to Navy and maybe Houston, would have been probably in contention for an American title shot just because they did keep it close with NC State. They, their two losses, like their big ones, were just you going to Tulane and going to Cincinnati, which is very understandable. Uh, I think Holton Allers, their quarterback, is a really good quarterback, and just people probably didn't see much of ECU this year, but they're a really solid team, and their head coach is 5-2-1 and against the spread in uh, postseason play, which, although, like, 
probably trends and stuff like this don't matter as much usually when you're betting on during the football season. I think they matter a little bit more during bowl games just because like if a coach can't cover against the spread usually in a bowl game, that means he's probably not a good motivator getting them up for an exhibition game. And so I like that. I like that ECU is probably going to come into this motivated with good talent with Coastal Carolina kind of reeling from losing their head coach and kind of a banged up uh, starting quarterback. So give me the Pirates. Nice. A sweep for ECU. Moving on to our next game. Oh my god. It's Power 5 teams. This is great. Love to see this. It's a guaranteed rate bowl. Third uh, is formerly known as the Insight Bowl or the Cheez-It Bowl Part 1. Um, this one's being held in a baseball stadium in Arizona. What else could you love? Uh, other than that, you know, we'll see how it goes because it's the Wisconsin Badgers facing off against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Whiskey, Wisconsin. Bucky favored by two and a half here. Blake, kick us off. Who do you like? This game's just gross. This is a gross game, and I wish we didn't have to like wish we didn't have to pick this one because it's two teams that are just completely sliding right now. Uh, Wisconsin, basically everybody has entered the transfer portal or opted out of this game. Jim Leonard, who is their interim coach, knows he is not coming back next year. He's only coaching for this bowl game. That's weird to me. And then when you go to Oklahoma State, like you have a lot of guys in the portal, Spencer Sanders being the big one. But I got to side, I think, with the Pokes here. Uh, they've kind of been playing this entire year injured after that TCU game. If, like, if I'm going to try to make an angle here, maybe that's a benefit to them. They're kind of used to being down other players. Like, Wisconsin's been playing full strength, and now all their guys hit the portal, and they really haven't had to play with some of these backups on the field. OSU's backups have been getting a lot of time this year, uh, not which isn't good because they really slid at the end of the year. Mike Gundy, 11-5 against the spread in bowl games. I just feel like I at least know what I'm going to get from this OSU team. I don't think they're very good. But at least I know what I'm going to get. I don't know what I'm going to get from Wisconsin. Their quarterback's in the transfer portal. That's been starting all year. Basically, all offensive line. All the wide receivers. It's like, it's insane looking at how many key snap guys are in the transfer portal for Wisconsin. Even with a coach like Luke Fickle coming. So, I'm just going to take, I guess, what I know in the pokes. Yeah, for me, I'm looking at this as a momentum thing. Um, Wisconsin, you know, they hit their low point early this season when Paul Chris was was fired. And ever since then, they've been kind of working up to, you know, to just getting over with the season, getting to a bowl. And then they get that, that Luke Fickle bump, which I think is important. OSU, on the other hand, they had high hopes. This was a team that took out Texas that was looking like a Big 12 contender, you know, maybe a fringe college football playoff contender at one point. And it all fell apart. Um, and frankly, because of that, I, I see Wisconsin slightly trending up a little bit more and uh, Oklahoma State slightly, like, definitely trending pretty low. Last time we saw the Pokes, they looked like garbage, absolute garbage against West Virginia. I'm just not feeling them. I'm not feeling them at all uh, without Spencer Sanders. Uh, so give me Wisconsin minus two and a half. This is a gross game, though. Uh, definitely go with the under. And hopefully, hopefully, look, best case scenario, we get a gross game in the, the same vein as like TCU and Cal, which is also played at the stadium. So hopefully, hopefully they can uh, pay tribute to those uh, two teams we saw uh, way back in 2015 or whatever. So uh, Ty, who you like here? 
Yeah, this one is is tough to me, and I guess I will decide as I speak here. I the thing is, is like Blake said, there's so much lost from Wisconsin, but we know that there's a whole lot being lost with Oklahoma State right now as well. I think OSU has a slight advantage in having, you know, people that are remaining on the team that we know have buy-in to to the team. And I know that Oklahoma State has fought in some scrappy, scrappy matchups this year, including with a, a playoff team. Wisconsin, I, I don't know that I can say really that they they fought hard and, and sort of scrapped in all of their games because they just, you know, say what you will about sort of their, their opponents that they face, but I, I just don't necessarily see the the fighting power and will out of Wisconsin. And admittedly, I've watched them much less than I see out of Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State, like we talked about, has been dinged up all year. They've taken big knocks against against their team. They've had storylines, you know, of of whatever and and everything else. And they have held together. Obviously, you know, we saw some pretty embarrassing performances. Uh, they lost to Oklahoma, one of the worst teams in the Big Twelve this year, uh, which is just inexcusable for them. <laughs> but I think. Um, I like the Cowboys in this one, and this is it, it's a terrible, terrible way to pick because I know that it's just because I've watched several uh, OSU games in their entirety, and I, I have not watched an, a Wisconsin game this year. But I feel like I know what I'm going to get from OSU. I've been burned by that phrase before, uh, but Blake said it again, and I have to ride with that as well. I like the Cowboys in this one. Um, I know that two and a half, you're, I think you're pretty much picking straight up in, in this one but I still like the Cowboys straight up, so I will be riding with the Pokes. All right. I am kind of an island boy here on the Badgers. Let's move on to our next game. It's the UCF Golden Knights favored by three and a half against Duke in the Military Bowl. This one being uh, being played in Annapolis, I believe, Ty. So uh, home of your midshipmen. Who do you like in the game? I like UCF in this one. I think... I just think, I mean, I, I straight up think UCF is the better team. And I have seen Duke lose. This is going to be a weird comparison, but I think that the Kansas team that Duke lost to earlier in the season is very similar if you really start to look at it to this UCF. I don't think they have a similar sort of scheme or or whatever else, but in the in the threats that they present to you as the opposing team. Uh, I think this UCF team is pretty similar uh, in ability and in what they present to you. And we saw how that turned out. I think UCF, for some reason, I, I think it's just a culture of that university. They care about these postseason games because they are sort of, they still maintain that upstart chip on their shoulder. Um, I guess startup culture maybe would be even the right thing. And I, I feel like there is a, a cultural buy-in at that program, no matter who the head coach is, no matter anything else, of really, really caring about postseason games. I'm sure someone's going to come up with some sort of big exception or a big flop or whatever else. But I think UCF cares about postseason games. That's not to say that Duke does not. But I, I know that UCF can be a threat to teams and where UCF really faltered this year was in games that they just did not seem mentally prepared for 
or games where the team that they were playing presented something very, very unique, like that Navy game where we saw the midshipmen take a win against them. So I like UCF in this one, minus three and a half. I like UCF by like 10. Hey, I like that. And I'm also rolling with you. I think UCF has been pretty darn good in, in bowls, just kind of kind of thinking about their recent history. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think they roll out for this one. And um, I, I really just don't think Duke's all that great. I think we saw we saw them start a little bit hot. We had that undefeated matchup with them in Kansas. But overall, they're just, yeah, they're kind of all right. Um, so give me UCF on this one. Blake? Um, I'm going to take Duke. I think before I get into my analysis, I would find, I like imagine my head it being quite funny that just UCF fans walking around Navy's campus and bragging about how they're the space school. Well, you can't. At the location. It's like you, you, yeah, it's, oh yeah. It is on a, it's like a gated base and the, uh, football field is like right at the gate. And then like, there's beyond where you would get into the campus. So yeah, I don't think anyone's going to be free well, roaming rats. the campus. But I rats, but I feel like the, there's something weird about the vibes here. UCF saying that they're the space school and we all know they are not the space school. And, but if we want to get into the actual game, why I think uh, Duke is going to cover this is Mike Elko honestly put up a fantastic coaching performance this year going eight and four with the Duke team that was even before the season started was expected to lose to Kansas whenever we thought Kansas was bad like this is how low we thought of this Duke team and they've been super solid throughout ACC play I know it's a really bad ACC uh conference but really their only bad loss was Georgia Tech and besides that they lost by three to North Carolina they lost by single digits to Kansas when Kansas was really just torching teams and then two points on the road at Pittsburgh those are very excusable losses. I think they're just a super solid, well-rounded team. And John Reese Plumley, he might not play in this game. He's kind of been banged up. Uh, the final few games of the season, we could tell, like that USF game, uh, Navy, and then going into the championship game versus Tulane just wasn't the same. I'm a little bit worried just because their second-string quarterback for UCF is in the portal right now, so if he can't play, it's a third-stringer we haven't seen versus a Duke team that I just feel like has been able to keep games close, even in a losing effort. So I kind of like Duke as a sneaky one just because this would typically be one of those games where I'm like, oh, UCF is really high upside, three and a half CC. I just feel like this Duke team has been way too solid this year. I think that's fair. Yeah, like putting up an 8-4 and four record is pretty pretty unreal at duke um so i think that's fair all right let's move on to our next game it's a liberty bowl and you know i had to bring them back it's the kansas jayhawks and the arkansas razorbacks i had to bring our leggy boy back over there uh if you're watching uh if if you're watching live you know what i'm talking about if you're listening it's the little like long leg jayhawk we all love him he's brought good luck to us all but is he gonna bring good luck to the jayhawks in the liberty bowl their first bowl game in God knows how long. What, 2009, 2010? Um, unreal what uh, Lance Leipold has done. Blake, do you think KU can somehow keep this game close, maybe get a cover, maybe get a win in Memphis? I do. And, like, Kansas, I think I was 
just because of how they started at the beginning of the season, I got really burned on the weekend spread. Just keep on backing them. Just like that offense is so good. It is good. They struggled with some injuries, but I think Arkansas is just sliding. Like they've been a huge disappointment this year, losing to Missouri, which I think is a big embarrassment within itself, but also losing to, I believe, was it Liberty as well? Uh, they beat BYU, but I just, that Liberty team was not good. KJ Jefferson's going to play. I don't even think that matters. I think Kansas, with a full-strength squad, Lance Leipold, 4-1 against the spread as a coach in bowl games. I feel like he just gets his team up for this game. This is a huge deal. This is a huge deal if you're a Kansas fan to get back to a bowl game. I know Arkansas is going to travel. That gives them a little bit of an edge. Like They're going to bring a lot of fans to a... To a like a city that is very near to them like it is not a uh far drive but they have a good amount of people in the portal they have a good amount of opt-outs on the defensive side i just feel like kansas wants this a little bit more i just i want to i want to feel like kansas can pull through so i pick it with my heart but give me the jayhawks i'm gonna go with kansas as well i i think like you said i think it just means more for them uh it really does i i i this is a massive moment for them and quite frankly, has to feel like a Super Bowl. Uh, Arkansas, on the other end, you know, started off pretty hot, then just fell off a cliff. They've been, you know, not very good down the stretch. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think Kansas has has the energy. I think they get it done. Uh, they have the playmakers to get it done. And I think they get a win here in what will essentially be an Arkansas home game. So, but that being said, I don't, They've, they've, they've dealt with adversity all year. They've dealt with doubters all year. They've gone against the grain, and they have put together one of the best seasons in school, in recent, definitely in recent school history. So, uh, yeah, give me Kansas plus four and a half here. Um, might be, it might be wishful thinking. It might be just trying to dream it up, but I think they do it. So, Ty? Look, I, I have never been on the Arkansas train at all. I'm talking about the, the football team, obviously. And it, you have to go back to September of 2021 for this whole buy into Arkansas. I mean, they were never that great. And then September of 2021, they beat like Rice or somebody and then some other like FCS school. And then they beat Texas and they beat Texas A&M. And f- from like the end of September, they, they were 4-0 starting out the 2021 season. And everyone had this whole, oh, Arkansas potential contenders in the SEC, they're pretty good. I never bought it. They were, of course, immediately stomped by Georgia the next week to open up uh, October, I believe. Yeah, October 2nd, immediately stomped by Georgia. And then they finished the 2021 season 9-4, um, and four, which I guess is like okay for, for them. 4-4 four and four in the SEC, that's, I guess, fairly respectable. But I've never been on the Arkansas train. I don't think they were disappointing this year. I'm not trying to toot my own horn or, or sort of retroactively say hey i was right but this is what we saw this year is what i expected of of this arkansas team and it's broadly in line with with what we saw from them last year and then in years past i think you know obviously sam Pittman, their coach over there has done a great job of establishing a a good culture and he's developing guys well it seems and i think they are upward trending for now but the conference is about to get a whole lot harder uh, with with realignment and then with other people coming in, obviously OU in Texas, but I like Kansas in this one. I think you know it means a whole lot to them being able to finish seven and five, so above five hundred. I think is going to be huge for 
for Kansas. And I think there is a ton of buy-in at that Kansas program. I think there's a ton of buy-in from the coaching staff. I, I think there is on both sides. I really do. But I think that the advantage that Kansas has is I think both these teams are on an upward trend from some dark ages. But I think it, Kansas has a tremendous advantage in that they are still greatly accelerating. You know, obviously they stumbled a lot, but Arkansas, I think they've reached their their peak velocity and they're still continuing upward. But I don't necessarily know that Arkansas is accelerating that greatly. And I think Kansas gets a little bump from the fact that this is the first year. This is their, oh my goodness, let's let's really knock this out of the park here. So I think that little bit of, I don't want to say beginner's luck, but that little bit of of the the sweet magic of it being a new thing is is going to be the factor. So Jayhawk magic, is it the factor against the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks? I don't know, but I am taking the Jayhawks outright. So certainly Kansas plus four and a half. Yeah, I will. I, I guess if I also will say this, if Arkansas loses, I guess they'll just have to go by R because uh, Kansas will have clearly claimed the Kansas part of that. That's a bad joke. But um, no, I, I think of of the games on this slate, it's it's this one and then the next one we're talking about that I am most excited of seeing about seeing. I I'm pumped for the Liberty Bowl, but I'm also pretty pumped for the Holiday Bowl. Uh, this one being played at Petco Park in San Diego, uh, which is weird because they have a football stadium that they could perfectly use, but they decided to choose the uh, baseball park instead. I don't know. But it's the UNC Tar Heels playing the Oregon Ducks, who are favored by nine and a half. Ty, you've been a big uh, backer of the Duckies the entire season long. Uh, surely, surely you're going you're gonna to support them at the end, right? Yeah, no, I, God, that was an awkward pause. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was uh, pulling up my notes. I really, I love this bowl game. I love that it's at uh, Petco Park. Please go look up a picture if you are not familiar. It is like right downtown. It is such, such a cool venue. I I love the idea of bowl games being super unique venues like this. I, I love bowl games being in baseball stadiums, being in places where, you know, football isn't regularly played. Obviously, I love them in in the cool NFL stadiums as well. But those just they they sort of lack a cool feeling to them. Sometimes I feel, especially when they're not sold out. But uh, I I love that. Like this venue is gorgeous. I love this location for both of these teams. I love this matchup. I think Oregon and North Carolina are just really really good. They're good color matchups. They're good. I think it's a super interesting. I mean, you're talking about a coach at Oregon that's sort of the new generation, you know, on the up and up. Uh, you got the old guard with Mac Brown at UNC. I mean, you got a guy who has basically retired from coaching and has taken this job just as a fun gig and is still being extremely successful in a hard, hard market. Uh, I, I love this matchup so much. I will, of course, be riding with the Ducks, but I just wanted to, to really give my pitch for I love baseball stadium bowl games. It'd be weird in the the regular season or like a recurrent thing. I would not want like a conference championship in one, but baseball stadium bowl games, especially gorgeous, unique venue like this. I love this. Give me the ducks. This is the game I am most excited for, at least on this podcast. Yeah, no, it's going to be good. And, you know, just to show our YouTube uh, viewers what it looks like, that is a awesome setup. 
I've always loved Petco Park, you know, with that kind of reclaimed building that they have over there, mm -hmm. the Supply Co building uh, that they've integrated into the stadium. It is just, it, it's really one of the better uh, baseball stadiums in um, in the MLB. But overall, as a football venue, it's pretty cool. That's, of the, yeah. Yeah. That's actually the, not even the best angle. The If you could see, this is the one to show like the football stadium seating, the view from like on the 50. Uh, that sort of center field of view for us here. The view there is just gorgeous. It's just the skyline and, and everything. It's super, super cool. Yeah. And it, it, I think does a really good job of like, it, it fits the mold of a football stadium better than a lot of baseball fields. Like we, we saw a lot of wonkiness with the Fenway bowl uh, this year, for example, like uh, some weird sight lines. I think Petco kind of works though. Um, anyways, about the game though. Um, I think this will be a good one. Drake May has been one of the biggest uh, kind of, I don't know, uh, guys who has come out of nowhere this year for North Carolina. He's been great. And, you know, the Ducks with Bo Nix have been pretty great. You know, they were this close to playing in the Pac-12 championship. Uh, but, you know, the Beavers uh, got them at the very, very end. Who knows what would have happened if they played that USC team? I kind of think they would have won. Um, but, you know, you'll never know. They're... Um, their consolation prize trip to San Diego. Not that bad, but ultimately I'll say this. I think Oregon is much better than the holiday bowl in, in my opinion. And I think UNC, you know, despite the hype that Drake may gave them is not a good football team. He inched them across the finish lines so many times that North Carolina Tar Heel team was not very good. Um, a lot of close wins, a lot of close wins, and they still didn't end up with all did not end up with all that great of a record. So you know what? I, I like I like Oregon and um and uh and the guys Bo Nix and crew to get a win. It's nine and a half for a reason. I think Vegas has has a right idea here. Um even without you know offense coordinator killing uh, Kenny Dillingham, I think they do a really good job here. Get a win, get a cover. So give me the Ducks minus nine and a half. Like, yeah, I think this is a very intriguing matchup, but I'm not going to overthink this one. I think it's the Ducks. Uh, although the Ducks kind of that final Oregon State game, like a gut punch when you think you can make a conference title game and then your rival takes you out, that feels horrible. But at least I know kind of their final two losses, that and then Washington two weeks earlier, uh, at least I know it's probably due to the fact that Bo Nix was banged up. He was he didn't have his legs, that mobility. That's kind of what makes Bo Nix dangerous. And if you take that out... He's a very average passer. I think Bo Nix, he's going to be rested, healthy. He said he's going to return to Oregon, going to play in this bowl game. That brings a lot of excitement. And an Oregon team that, even though they have a good amount of people in the portal, I think very well-rounded, a little bit better on the offensive end, but still well-rounded. UNC, like y'all have said, just kind of been a dumpster fire. We knew their defense wasn't good all year, but at least Drake May was able to pull them to the finish any of those games. But my God, just kind of that skid with Georgia Tech, NC State, and Clemson losses to end the season. And besides Georgia Tech, I just, I don't feel like they were in most of those games. I it just felt like UNC kind of the Mac Brown experiment, although he's got them back to kind of good, like I would say like eight and four, kind of like 
good. Like, yay, that was a solid season for a team that prides itself on basketball. It's not, he's not delivering the recruiting he once did. I think Drake May really covers a lot of those holes. I think Phil Longo leaving kind of will take a dent more than uh, Dillingham living, leaving for Arizona State. I just, I feel like Oregon's just the better rounded team and seeing how UNC just came into this the end of the season just sliding I just can't imagine them getting up to this game and just shocking Oregon yeah it's gonna be a really tie what's up I was just gonna say I, Bobby I, I'll take it after you whatever you oh I didn't really say. have any I didn't really have anything to say I just said I thought it was gonna be a really interesting game yeah, I, I just wanted to say before we move on, a uh, quick shout out to the Pac-12 for just having the worst system, I think, for determining who gets to play in their in their championship game. It's it and obviously I, I am sort of an Oregon fan, but I even as a fan of college football, I, I do not like the system. I, I think if you're gonna have a game like that, you gotta have divisions, especially with the size of their conference. Like their conference is a size that you could do divisions. It does not have to be the winning percentages versus like head-to-head matchups or whatever else. Cause then you get a situation where you get like some of the best teams in the conference never even face each other or have the potential to, you know, like a Oregon versus a, a USC matchup would have been great. Obviously Oregon failed their part of the bargain, but I, you got to have like divisions. I just as a fan of college football, I We're think for like clarity. Well, like, yeah. And here's the thing from it. Yeah. And here's the thing that's wild. They still have the divisions. The divisions still exist for scheduling purposes. They just ignore them for the conference championship now, yeah. which is what the hell are you thinking? You know, well, it's confusing. I think from like outside looking in, right. You got to have it easy for the, whoever fan, like the casual fan me. Cause I get confused by this. Uh, Cause you get down to like the last week of the season and it's like not even a clear path for anyone. It's like a, the weird, like who is, uh, you know, I don't know. See, I it think was... it works. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Blake, you got it. I, it wor- It doesn't work in the Pac-12. I think divisions actually made sense there because it was pretty, like, honestly, evenly balanced, like, with their divisions. I think the no divisions works really well in the Big Ten. Like, I think the Big Ten West has gotten to the point where it's so dreadful that it's like you need kind of that spice there with that final game. I don't think the Pac-12 ever, like, suffered with that. I thought the divisions were honestly pretty equal. I know you, like, worry about an upstart USC in the bottom just kind of dominating whoever it was from the north, but I feel like Washington and Oregon are always solid teams with Washington State feels like good coaching. Like, there's solid programs there where I was like, that one didn't have to go to a divisional system. Well, and even there were years where Stanford was really good, too. You know, like... it. It, it always felt balanced. I can't think of a single Pac-12 championship game where I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. You know, whereas in the Big Ten, every single year, it's, it's you know, Michigan or Ohio State versus like Northwestern or Purdue, and they get slaughtered every year. And it doesn't, that that doesn't make sense to me. But that, like you said, the Pac is pretty balanced and it's um, not a good move. Not a good move. I agree with you guys. But that's the pack for you. They're always, they're always zigging when everybody else is zagging. But usually the zigging is the one making all the money, not the zagging. So that kind of explains that conference existence for you. Yeah, they they basically zig, but when they zig, it's into like a ditch full of like um like cash. 
it and you know the car doesn't move they're stuck bad things happen to them because you know usc ucla leave because there's more cash uh but they don't care they're just uh, gonna stay there anyways which is why you have you know the arizona teams and utah and colorado uh, stay in that dumpster fire of a conference instead of going and joining uh, the Big 12 and trying to build something that could maybe, if you're lucky, compete with an SEC or a Big 10. But instead, nope, they're just cool, you know, wallowing over in the uh, the Pac-12 with, you know, their elitism and Apple money uh, or eventual Apple money. So we'll see how that goes. But I, uh, that conference is not going to be competitive for years. But anyways, that's a that's a different debate for a different time. All right, moving on to our next game. We have the Texas Bowl with the Texas Tech Red Raiders and the Ole Miss Rebels. Ole Miss favored by three and a half here. Blake, who do you like? You already know who I like. There is no way in hell I am choosing Texas Tech, even though they like did the biggest mass media campaign of all time to say that they so they sold their ticket allotment for this game. Yes, it's in Houston. Your whole like knack against y'all is that you'll travel to every major city which you live in to go to games, but you won't actually go to your home stadium. I didn't expect nothing else. Uh. Texas Tech, they don't really have any people in the transfer portal. They're they're just an all right. I think Tyler Show is going to be the one that's starting. I think Ole Miss has the better talent, both their running back groups. I just think, like, Ole Miss, the fraud in the SEC, but it's way better, way, way, way better than this Texas Tech team. I haven't even looked what the line is now, but this might be, like, similar to how Southern Miss was. This is going to be my lock. This is going to be my lock of the bowl season. I just see no way Texas Tech beats Ole Miss. There's absolutely no way. I don't care if that stadium is full with Texas Tech, uh, players we've seen it before they did a whole little ceremony for Patrick Mahomes and got blown out by Baylor it doesn't matter if their fans are there this this team is just a mediocre franchise at best give me Ole Miss I think yeah I think this is gonna be a route it's this is tricky because I don't really see Ole Miss getting up for this um but they are very clearly in my mind the more talented team um man it's tough I I, I think this is tricky I'm I'm going to go Ole Miss minus three and a half. I think they're just a better team. I could see this being way closer than you think, but three and a half is too low of a number with the divide in talent that we have here in this matchup. Um, and here's the thing. Houston isn't exactly like that far away from Mississippi in the first place. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I, I, I like the Ole Miss rebels here to cover three and a half, but I don't love it. It's just the pick I'm going to make because I think Texas Tech, you know, they can have all the motivation, all the rah-rah they want from Joey McGuire. Uh, but I I just, I, I don't think that's enough to split the gap in talent between the two sides. Ty? I, yeah, I'm going to keep it short. I, I like the Rebs in this one. Obviously, you know, some personal bias against Texas Tech right now, but I think just objectively, I I like the tools that the Rebs have. Uh, offensively, I, I think the Rebs are better coached. I think they have better players as a whole, and this is not an SEC bit. Just Ole Miss always recruits super, super well. Uh, anyone who has seen the blind side uh, would know this. Um, but I I just <laughs> – 
also great job with the graphics here, but I, I like, I, I like Ole Miss in this one. I, I think Texas tech is a, a team this year that has certainly outdone expectations. Obviously anything I say is an OU fan is going to sound uh, biased or spiteful, but I think that Texas tech is a team that has flown above its, its station. I think they have already outperformed uh, what, what this team is. And I think that's going to just based on pure statistics, going to force sort of a regression back down to the mean. Whereas I think Ole Miss, I think they performed about as, as well as, as we could expect for them. But I, I really think that this one is a bit of a mismatch and I'm not saying, Oh, SEC West is harder than the big 12. I think the big 12 straight up was, was the most competitive conference this year for certain. And I'm not trying to just pander to Blake. I see him nodding his head and I'm not trying to justify OU's just atrocious performance this year, but the big 12 objectively was, was the most competitive conference this year. I believe a part of that is the system, you know, everyone plays everyone and a conference championship game. Uh, USC, for example, never had to face uh, Oregon in, in the pack. Like we just talked about, but I like the Rebs in this one minus three and a half. I think they get that one uh, pretty easily and uh yeah i gotta say by the way speaking of Ole miss and the blind side the best thing about like that movie is the fact that it gave us an imbd page for houston nut who starred in that show or in that movie as himself uh and because of that i found out that he played a janitor in another movie in 2016 so shout out to houston nut um justice for houston nut. get him Get the nut back into college football. I need to. I need to see him coaching again. I don't know why. I just. I just need him. That's um, funny. My yeah. The best. The best scene in the Blind Side. Period is when Nick Saban comes to the house, knocks on the door. They open it. He walks in and then goes, "I'm Nick Saban. Can I come in?" <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> such an amazing scene. Uh, like because Saban, I imagine that's inside. actually how he is. Yeah, I think. I think he didn't know he was acting. I think he thought he was actually recruiting someone. Uh, when they they that. definitely told him they're like, we got a five star here, like you, and like they just want to record this for like family keepsake, and he probably just rolled with it. Like he'll do anything to get that next five star. Incredible. Also, Coach O was in that movie, um, and Tuberville. Yep. Uh, oh, the, Tuber the forget Tuberville, but but but, the, but, the coach coach but Coach O. Yeah, the coach's scene of that Kirby Smart's in it. I think he's an assistant uh, when he's in it. But yeah, that the coach's scene in that movie is is legendary. Every time you see it, yeah, elite elite college football scene for sure. Um, but yeah, and and the funny thing about that too is they had uh they had Saban wear an LSU shirt for it because you know. If you you know you kind of have to be historically accurate, but he was uh, Alabama's head coach at the time, so kind of fun, kind of fun. Um, Nothing will ever top the I believe it's AT and T where the kid does a flip, and then the end of the commercial was "Hello, son, I'm Bob Stoops." Hello, <laughs> well, the obviously like dubbed over "Hello," like it does not sound like Bob Stoops. Yeah, yeah, he didn't oh. do the voice. It's like he just walked up silently. And then they had oh. to voice over. Yeah, man, I feel like we had that video clip somewhere, but I'm not going to search it right now. But um, ah, oh, damn. Uh, yeah. Well, that's all we have for this week. We have a whole lot of other other picks coming up, but we have to kind of wait on Jameson for that. Um, and you know, let time pass. Uh, but next time up, we'll be talking about the um, the New Year Six Bowls. 
the OU bowl game, uh, that sort of stuff. So these are about to get a lot more fun, I think, when we're not talking about, you know, like Georgia Southern and some of these scrappy, you know, you know, digging through the crumb type of bowls. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Blake, are you are you starting to get nervous about everything with uh, the Fiesta Bowl? Have the jitters hit yet? No, the jitters actually haven't. I think I've come to peace that, like, kind of played a little bit with house money. But honestly, like, uh, Travis Hodges Tomlinson came out today and said Michigan is very similar to Texas. And when you put the season stats side by side on how much they run, how much they pass, touchdowns, everything – very, very similar. I think TCU can win this game. So I feel confident, but I'm more just excited. Like, I'm excited to be in this moment. There is a chance I had to book my national championship tickets and my plane flight this week just in case if that happens, just because of how fast these uh, things are selling out, considering the Frogs have never been in this position. But I'm excited. I uh, I think it's going to be a great game. I think, like we said earlier, the first college football playoff that I think both games are going to be really competitive. Usually kind of one, either the 2-3, 1-4, one of those. Usually the 1-4 because usually Bama and some fodder is a blowout, and I just don't think that's going to happen this year. So, yeah, I think it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it for sure. By the way. Hello. Yeah, no, he that, that was definitely a dubbed in hello. Uh, so finally found that, got it loaded. Um, Ty, final thoughts on uh, just... I don't know, the podcast, uh, things in general, what do you want to say? Yeah, I think it's been a slow bowl game season so far. Honestly, not to say it's been disappointing, but there just hasn't been any games that have caught the eye. And then, of course, it's been like midday during the week games. So I just haven't felt the hype, but I'm excited for these games coming up. And yeah, looking forward even from, well, not even from, especially from a picking perspective, that TCU uh, nine and a half line, I think is just, not realistic at all. I, I think the frogs do have a chance in that one. So I'm I'm very excited for that one, but I'm very excited for I don't want to say the real bowl games because all the bowl games matter to to everyone, but I'm excited for some of these upcoming matches uh that we touched on in this podcast. And then you know the the real exciting stuff begins uh as as we go into what will be our next episode. So yeah, yeah. The real yeah. No, it's it's about to get real good. And then you know, we have, we've been kind of away from a little bit of the OU stuff uh, the past couple of weeks, you know, kind of taking a little bit of a break, letting things develop, not really a lot to talk about. You know, nobody's really hankering for cheese at bowl news, but we got early signing day tomorrow and uh, hope to do something with that pretty soon. So keep an eye for that uh, on that if you're an OU fan, but um, looking forward to talking about more bowls, the bigger bowls um, later next week. But uh, yeah. That is the show we have for today. Uh, thank you all for listening, whether it's on our YouTube channel or wherever you like to listen to your podcast. We deeply appreciate it. Um, deeper, deeply appreciate your uh, patronage all season long. Um, and hope to see you as we continue to march through bowl season. Well, for me, Ty and Boaten Blake, this has been the Weekend Spread Bowl Picks. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, everybody. Hello.